Hi everyone, welcome to the Small Business Dominance Podcast, uh, featuring myself, Russell Oliver. I'm wanting to talk to you guys and girls, um, a fantastic community, by the way, about actually the considerations to launching your very first business. Now, like you, when I first started, I was thinking, oh fuck, what am I going to do? How do I do this? I'm wanting to kickstart something to make more money. Because let's face it, we only start the start businesses just to make a profit. Um, what do I do? Where do I start? Um, and how do I go about doing this? So, I literally um, went over to Inland Revenue because they actually have a whole bunch of small business advisors for free. Um, at that time, I don't know about now, but hey, you know those guys are a really good source of information, and. Basically, they t- no, I said, hey, I need to be GST registered um, because I'm anticipating I'm going to start earning a lot of money. Um, I'm also thinking about employing other people, that sort of thing. And so what they've done, they've actually um, given me a whole form to fill out. And in no time, I was GST registered, employer registered, that sort of thing, and all ready to go. But I'll tell you what, I made the mistake of, um, you know, anticipating a high turnover, anticipating the need for staff, and literally not doing the, um, the marketing research behind it. So I, I went in boots and all, and literally just went, oh, fuck what have I done? Big huge fuck off lesson learnt. I was getting no customers, no clients coming in whatsoever. Um, and I just, you know, I just assumed that, you know, people were just going to come to my bloody doorstep and purchase products and services, that sort of thing. Apparently not. No, that, that was a big fuck off no-no and that was a big fucking lesson that I've um, learnt uh, in such a long time. So I went back to the drawing board, um, deregistered everything, um, before it actually kicked off, I only spent um, a few hundred bucks, which, uh, lucky enough, um, it could have been absolutely diabolical. And you know, I went over to uh, have it um, do a bit more research online uh, because you know what, the internet's a vital source of research. And I was just getting absolutely frustrated. Um, so one of the things that I've learnt over the years, because I've slowly actually managed to recover from um, this big huge shortfall. Um, and literally we um, slowly became GST registered again um, was the fact that the thing that I should have done was actually do my market research first that's a fucking no brainer right? and the thing is most um, people who are starting out fresh out of the boat fresh out of um, being employed uh, literally don't know how to do the market research they don't know what it's all about so and that was me, you know. Um, I was able to do my market research while I had my business on the fly, and um, because because my um, my one of my first businesses was purely online based, I had very small shortfalls. Yes, I made a few losses, but I was actually able to recover them out of my own pocket. And uh, so, out of these lessons learnt, I um, I was able to sort of diversify myself uh, and conduct research. Right. So what what are you asking? What is market research? Market research is actually um, the methods that you employ to uh, collect data from those who are interested in purchasing your product. And in order to accomplish that, 
you need to find your ideal target audience itself. Now, this is this was quite difficult for me and my services because we were um, when we started out, we were an unknown romantic gestures, the home of um, New Zealand's romantic uh, getaways itself was a complete unknown when it first started. So there's the thing, um, you need to have you need to have the awareness, you need to have people that are interested in purchasing your product, and you need others to know that your business is in existence and it's there to serve their needs. I went back to the drawing board, all right. So, um, and basically, I had the the attributes over time of the certain people that were interested in purchasing our services for romantic getaways across New Zealand. And sure enough, the word of mouth went out, and we actually, uh, within about a year, started to um, make a profit itself. The profit was. You know, a few thousand here and there. Um, up to now, it's um starting to become ten to fifteen thousand dollars per month. Um, looking pretty attractive at the stage. It's purely automated as well. So a few key key uh, points here. Um, before you start investing any cash, any time methods. Um, yes, you do need to start doing your market research. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, fucking tell us what the market research is. Sweet, <laughs> I'll be able to tell you right now. The market research is, like I said, the methods that you employ to gather data um, from people that are interested in your products. And in order to do this, um, I'll put in a few examples here. There's called the um, the sampling research itself. Um, sampling research is used for um, you know, basically mathematicians to actually say, yes, six out of 10 people are interested in purchasing your chocolates. But however, in order to do this, you actually need to go out there and start um, start providing a service. Literally, you are going out there with a shotgun, using a scattergun approach to try and bring people in. You don't know who your target audience is for first uh, when you first start. You don't even know, um, know where they are, what they do, or how they hang out. So this is one of the methods that we can use. Um, for those who are interested in making physical products, uh, small products such as toys, chocolates, um, food, samples, hampers, um, wines and that, um, just go out to your local market itself and yeah, just get, contact the, um, the market holder or store holder or whatever and say, hey, um, how much is it to, to have a stall here? And um, what, what are the rules and regulations? So you go out there and you start selling stuff and you ask your customers, how much would you would you sell, um, would you buy, buy this bottle of wine for? Um, and they say, oh yeah, $15. And, you know, and they say, pay you, you something goes, well, I'll tell you what, next, um, next time when you um, come over to the stall, uh, next weekend let's say um, here's a coupon and you can actually um, get 25% off because you guys are awesome so that way they they come back and they start spreading the word of mouth as well about um, your particular products you get an idea idea of who your customers are 
um, just by looking at them, male, female, age, um, you know, are they well-dressed or not so well-dressed, that sort of thing. Um, not meaning to be uh, judgmental, but it gives you a fair idea of who these people are and where they come from as well. Are they Polynesian, European, um, Asian, uh, Indian, uh, Chinese, that sort of thing. Very important to get the demographics right. Sweet, so, you, you, so you've got all this uh, information here. Make sure that um, the data is recorded. Uh, I use a, um, if, you, if you're doing a written method, use a cash book, all right? And just add some extra fields in there, say male, female, uh, roughly aged, Polynesian, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Note down the time of day that you're selling these goods as well, okay? Very important. And note down the location. The other method is simply by gathering information off competitors. So this is called competitor research itself. So your competitors are businesses or business owners that are selling similar products to yours, to your ideas. So literally you can do do this by a number of things. Have a look at their website, see what features that they have for these products. Um, how are they running their promotional programs? Are you able to do things better than them? Or simply go into a market stall if they're selling the goods through that, and um, you know get a bit of bit of a feel. Um, pretend you're your customer or be a customer. Um, buy their products. Note down the prices. How much price they have. Any promotional deals that they're doing and the method that they're using to sell you their products. Um, very, very important, and literally you can actually watch them interact with other customers as well, and gain a bit of demographic insights without actually putting much effort into it. But be careful, because most of these people actually don't like you spying on, on them, and if you do this uh, particular method, um, competitor um, observational research or whatever, uh, in their stores, and they spot you, they're most likely to kick you out, alright, um, because Although competition is healthy, competitors don't like other competitors spying on them. So we literally try and, um, if I was your competitor, I would want to try and hide information from you as much as possible. Um, there is also a few other research that you can incorporate uh, with these two fundamental types of marketing research skills as well. Uh, demographic data uh, through the statistics.co.nz I, I do believe um, once you have an idea of how many people are and what type of um, and what the demographics of these people are who are interested in your products or in the competitors products go over to the statistics in New Zealand and um, see how many of these uh, types of people actually living within the city itself so when you look at the statistical information on statistics.co.nz, sorry, my I'm just stuttering at the moment. Um, you have, they will bring up the um, I'll say the data of uh, from two years ago, the, of the demographics such as a, a percentage of Asians living in the city, um, or number which is a couple of thousand, um, and how much percentage do they dominate over the whole population. Uh, 35% that sort of thing as well so by that way you can actually get a whole bunch of information um, from that of these types of people that were actually interested in purchasing, purchasing your products there is a lot of uh, ways also there is you can do um, survey competitions online 
um, provided that you have something free to offer. So like, oh yeah, um, you're going to draw to win a free bottle of wine by filling out the survey. Now be careful because when you actually have uh, these competitions, people are tending to be um, just filling out blase of these forms just to win that bottle of, bottle of wine. So make sure it's interesting and make sure that the information that they're inputting is actually quite viable as well. The other thing is that uh, you need to consider in actually doing this marketing research is your method of approach to these people. Um, there's also engaging with the local community. So Facebook itself is very, very fantastic for this. You can kickstart a conversation for a community group, um, but don't don't do um, a salesy approach like say, oh, wh what do you think about my um, my chocolates? Would you would you buy them? You know, um, or oh, I can sell you these chocolates for five dollars. Are you interested? That sort of thing. Don't be too salesy. Be on direct, such as, oh, well, these um, chocolates look great. What do you reckon? You know, um, just ask an opening question, and uh, most likely people will be more open to uh, give you their opinion. They're not just going to say yes or no. They're going to give you, um, you know, the their likes and dislikes of your product as well. So it's very important that uh, you get this information so that if um, there's any uh, discerning um, um, discerning questions about or statements about your products, you literally can go back and um, and amend your products uh, to the way that they'd like. Remember that the customer is always right. Um, because if you have the attitude, well, they're not always right, then you're literally going to fail your business as well. There, uh, I'll have a look at my list here. There's seven more uh, ways to do your market research, but however, I'm not going to get into that as well. This is all about the considerations before you're even starting your business. So once you have all the information here, you've got the um, ideal price information, um, your demographics data, um, and observational research, that sort of thing, and you have a fair idea of um, you know how much these things are actually going to cost, you also need to say, right, I need to do um, weigh up the cost of actually operating a business. For instance, um, if you're wanting to operate an online store, you need need to basically get the cost of that. So you need the cost of your uh, domain hosting, your website hosting, and your email hosting if you're not going to use Gmail accounts. Um, if, you're, if you're a small business owner, I would uh, honestly just um, have a look around, be very careful for these uh, the domain hosting and uh, website hosting as well, because uh, make sure you have a look at their reviews as well because some are quite dodgy and they will literally hold your files and hold your domain to ransom if you're not careful. Believe me, this has happened to me before and me and my wife, um, but however, we actually managed to uh, do, do a bit of uh, swings and roundabouts and actually uh, get our domain and files back. Um, right, where was I? Ah, that's right. So what we do is we do what we call a breakpoint analysis, okay? So you weigh up the cost, um, say, say um, you get the data of um, people purchasing your products um, every, every Saturday, say, from the uh, market store that you had, and, and you make sure that you, get, uh, you calculate a, um, a month's worth of, um, of, you know, of income from that. And then you weigh up your expenditure. 
which is your hosting expenditure, um, your business compliance, your we'll say um, accountant fees as well. Um, we'll get it, we'll talk about that later. Um, accountant fees will be roughly about one thousand to uh, two thousand dollars per annum. All right, unless you want additional services. So that's just uh, my opinion. And then you weigh up the um, the profits uh, to the expenditure and see if it's viable or not. If it's not viable, then you need to go back to the drawing board again and raise your prices and see how that goes. Um, and I'll, I'll, if you want to know about these breakpoint analysis research uh, techniques, um, give me a holler, contact me, um, and um, basically, you know, it's not going to cost you anything. And I will be able to help you uh, to analyse your um, breakpoint analysis that you currently have, which will be great. If it's viable and you are um, quite, and you are going to make um, a particular profit, um, make sure that you have some sort of grading system for your profit. Okay, let's say that you're going to make a um, hundred dollars profit per month uh, after all of your expenses are done. Yep, that's uh, that's fantastic, but you need to make more money. If you make five hundred dollars per month. Uh, well, yep, that's a good start, okay, um, but you, like I said, you still need to make more money, but however, you got a starting block to start off from. If you're making, say, like, uh, 2000 3000 4000 per month, then it's looking pretty good for you, and you're on, you're on to a winner. Be, be prepared, though, to, um, for other competitors to start noticing you once you first start as well, and be prepared to diversify your products. So you literally you are going to have uh, inherited a ever changing, evolving beast. Remember that, and you've you've got to change with it. So you need to be flexible with your business. If everything else checks out, then that's fine. Um, if you are anticipating that you are going to make um, quite a lot of money, say like uh, over five thousand dollars per month. Um, and you're thinking, well, you know, with this uh, amount of money coming in per month, um, that's just the income alone, by the way, um, you need to be GST registered. Just hold off uh, for now um, until you actually have that money coming in um, physically per, per month. Um, then you, then right then and there, you start to uh, register to become GST registered as well. Right, these are the uh, considerations that you need to know before you think about owning your very first business itself. It's a bit of a long haul, so the other thing is that you definitely need to be um, prepared to work long hours, work your full-time job and do this job as well, being a business owner or just building yourself up. Um, you will wear a lot of hats, you're going to be the marketing director, you're going to be the director of your business, business manager, um, accounts manager, payroll clerk, that sort of thing. There is a lot of hats that you, you have to be prepared to wear. Because you're a small time owner, you can't afford literally to, um, to employ a lot of staff when your turnover isn't so great. Also, be prepared to make a loss for the first six months to about a year. All right. Um, if you are still making a loss after a year, then yeah, you need to sort of re-strategize or just simply um, do something else. 
Um, also, be prepared for uh, a strain on your relationships, your strain on your friendships, strain on your commitments. Um, there's also a lot of, um, let's just say, conflict of interest uh, opportunities out there as well. Uh, do not fall into that trap because if you do, uh, other people are literally going to be quite disgusted and, the, and they are going to be disappointed in you and your trust uh, not only their trust in you and your brand will be affected as well so be careful with that hey that's enough from me Russell Oliver here these are some of the, the considerations uh, that you need to know before you actually operate your very first small business see ya hello welcome to the small business dominance podcast I'm here uh, to talk to you about websites um, there is a lot of detail in regards to ha- having a website for your business um, there's quite a bit of science involved, such as the sales funnel um, aspect of your business itself. Uh, for instance, you need these components, the exposure to seduce your clients, establish relationships and enhance the loyalty. There are many different sales funnels out there, but I'm not going to get into that so um, a little bit too much. I'm getting into the considerations of actually having a website, where to start and where to go to from here. So you're pretty much starting with um, the notion of, oh, I need need a website. How how do I go about this? Well, there's um, there's a few things that you do need. Okay, so you need to decide on a domain name, your web host, and email provider. So there's three components to that, but there's also a bit of science involved. Um, not many people actually tells you this. So you want to be um, searchable on Google itself. All right. So you look at your, um, your the SEO system engine optimization or search engine optimization, I should, I should say. Now that means the um, the ability to be searched for on Google, and you want definitely want to be searchable, and you want people to um, to click on your keywords, uh, your website, whatever your titles, uh, quite a lot often than anyone else. So you need to have the right keywords for your website. So we go, you go through to Kiwi Planner and have a have a good look at that. Um, if you want to know more about um, the uh, the SEOs and using Kiwi Planner, just go to my website russell-oliver.com, um, and pretty much it's got all the tips and tricks on there. And um, if you need to, just contact me, um, and I will help you through this. Obviously, you know, I'll, I'll do that for free. So, in saying this, you're looking at the domain name. The domain hosting is very important um, as well. But however, your domain name, it's got to be catchy, it's got to be um, quite attractive, and definitely you want people to, um, you, you know, you want it to be um, quite attractive um, and very engaging as well. Once you've decided on your domain name, you need to uh, figure out the right the right hosting for you. Now, the domain host uh, something like GoDaddy.com, um, you can go HostPapa.com or .co.nz in, in New Zealand's case, or simply um, use a local um, domain name holder or hoster. Um, and pretty much uh, first domains is is pretty good because it's New Zealand based for me and. Um, and they actually do provide a fantastic service. Once you have that, um, you know, enabled, you, you got your domain set up. 
that doesn't mean that you've um, got a website. It definitely doesn't because you need a place um, for um, all the data of your website um, that you're going to incorporate um, to go into. So the next best thing is the web host. Now be very careful for certain web hosts because Oh man, there, there are a lot of cowboys out there and I'll give you a bit of a hair-raising experience that me and uh, Natasha went through because we own romanticgestures.co.nz and um, we've been through various web hosters and domain hosts and all that type of stuff. So yeah, so we, we definitely know our stuff. We were with a particular web host because it was quite cheap. He, um, he provided some uh, particular service and it was a... You know, it was a pretty good deal at the time. It was a, um, we, we've established a working type relationship with each other. Um, I'm not going to get into um, the uh, the legal details at this stage. However, it got quite scary. Um, so basically, at the end of our agreements, because quite simply, our that host at that time wasn't providing the services that we needed. He, um he literally <laughs> pretty much abandoned us and left us to our own devices. Um, so therefore, the agreement was null and void. It was quite bad because we said, "Hey, we want to, um, you know, switch domain host um, details, uh, you know, and we definitely want to sever our relationship with you." And this was um, during one of the public holidays. And he came back and goes, "Yeah, I can transfer everything over." Um, for you know, but it's going to cost you a hundred dollars, uh, you know, excluding GST because uh, it's the public holidays and I'm on annual leave. So we did that. We literally paid up front, and he initiated um, that you know the the transfer himself, and we started transferring. But um, the thing was, is that when I looked into it, the domain that we we had. Um, it was quite scary, it was really ridiculous um, that he actually transferred all ownership over to um, to himself. We didn't know this because we were young, we, you know, we were um, just a, f- a whole bunch of fledglings in the online business world. We didn't know anything about this until it was uh, almost too late. So he um, literally um, pretty much almost diddled us um, out of our own business. These things were quite scary because the ownership supposed um, supposed to be under um, yourself. So when you become the registrant or registrar, um, one of them, which is the owner of the domain, um, just make sure that that doesn't transfer over to someone else uh, as well, because that can be quite scary. But however, managed to get the um, don't you know domain ownership back uh, under our control, um, so in such a way it was actually quite uh, quite good for us. So we did that, we maintained uh, ownership um, by proving um, to the new domain hosts that we actually own it, we have the certificate and, and they went and did their own checks and literally just transferred ownership over to us, which was great. Because, you know, it, <laughs> we proved that it was literally stolen right from under our noses. So as soon as this um, um, this hoster found out, um, he stopped the transfer automatically. He held our files to ransom and literally, wow, 
um, the, you know, the amount of stress levels that we had, our web hoster um, was, he was a cowboy and literally he wanted $2,000 um, in order to, uh, for us to get our files back. This was ridiculous. I mean, we didn't sign up for that literally at all. Um, and considering that the um, agreement was pretty much null and void because he didn't do jack shit about it, um, you know, we 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 hummed and hard and thought, you know what, we might as well just start a new website. But um, I'll tell you what, about a month ago before then, we were actually in the process of building a new website regardless. Uh, we were hoping to uh, launch it a month later, but however, uh, we were forced to launch it two weeks earlier because of some dickhead trying to hold us for ransom. So, as you can see, um, we, we actually uh, rose above it, and for two weeks our business stalled. Um, our original website was uh, literally destroyed. Um, basically, he uh, deleted the all the files and uh, everything, all our emails, the, the, the entire website database was literally gone. But we've already um, backed up some of the information and literally we're able to start with a new one two weeks later. And basically, you know, there was a threat of legal action, there was a threat of all sorts of, of um, you know, legal doom and gloom that was going to hit us. However, um, we were literally, um, we just ignored him. You know, I'm, I'm not paying two grand for, for the services that wasn't rendered. It was just dumb and stupid. And considering the fact that this idiot went and changed his, the nature of his business and his business name and sold, sold his original business anyway, um, therefore, you know, he had no leg to stand on. Um, so three months, three months later, he tried, tried to invoice us again and we just ignored it and it just went away. Um, because you know our lawyers simply said, no leg to stand on. You you got nothing to worry up, worry about. That's it. So be very careful um, of these web hosters and also domain hosters as well. Make sure that they are local based, and also ensure that they have very good reviews uh, from various customers. There, get some opinions as well about them through the business networks, and literally you should not have an issue. Right. So the web hosting, yep, I got got into that a little bit early, but never mind. Um, you definitely got to be careful with this because if you're just starting out, that's fine. Um, my recommendations is to talk to um, various web hosters out there. There's hostpuffer.co.nz. Uh, I do believe there's behappy.co.nz as well. There is um, website builder. Um, there's also, various other um, you know we host uh, companies out there as well. Um, have a chat to them, um, talk to them very much in detail what you're wanting, um, and they will talk to you about um, you know the requirements wherever whether you're um, wanting a WordPress theme or Shopify site, um, any type of e-store. They're going to ask you questions. Um, be sure to answer them. If the, if you don't know the answers. Um, have, have a bit of a re research, ask them lots of questions and they'll put you, put you through to the right direction. Okay, the next thing is email hosting. That's right, um, if you're a small starting out business, uh, email, um, some web hosters actually include um, email hosting in their plans, um, but however, 
if you if you don't have that included in the plans, then just um, go to Gmail. It's the same as everything else, and establish yourself there. Um, also, there is I do believe Google Suite as well. Um, it has an email service, and I do believe it's about twelve bucks per person here in New Zealand. In the US, it's ten dollars ten dollars per user. Um, uh, they have various business plans and storage capabilities. So um, just have a look in detail about that too. Uh, and they are very helpful. Um, they will help you integrate and set your emails up as well. The old um, G the Google Suite uh, administration team. And, you know, they've never failed me as well. Right, so once you've had uh, a web hosting uh, set up, ready to go, still doesn't mean you've got your <laughs> website up and running. Um, you, you need to look for a website theme, um, or you know whether it's to be a Shopify website, a Wix website. If you're not too um, intuitive with uh, coding or, uh, or website development, that type of stuff, um, go for the easiest option, and I believe Shopify or Wix is actually very, very easy. If you're intermediate to expert like myself, um, go for a WordPress website. Uh, you know, some people say, you know, WordPress is a blogger's website, but it can be so much more. Um, however, just be careful because with the WordPress pl um, websites, when you start to add on your plugins, you're actually starting to um, put a load on your website as well. Cool. Um, yeah, so just go for the pre-build ones, which was uh, Shopify and Wix and any other other ones out there. If you have uh, website uh, web, website developers out there as well, and uh, working on if you have a chat to them about it as well, and they'll get you started. Um, so WordPress themes themselves, they range from about uh, say twenty to fifty bucks. Um, but if you really want um, to have a really a premium looking one, uh, it will cost you about $100, okay, and that's just a license as well. Be, be aware that hosting and uh, domain, web hosting and domain hosting platforms, they do cost annually. Um, they like to do the monthly charge, but they cost, um, they charge annually as well. Uh, I believe it's just to make, make their prices look attractive. The other thing that you need to be aware of with web hosts is um, be aware that when your website starts to grow, you're going to have, um, start having increased website traffic. And we've I've just hit this issue because we have romantic getaways up and down New Zealand, and <laughs> we're getting about 44 uh, hits on 44,000 hits on our website per week, um, and that's like horrendous. So we just had an email come in saying. Oh, we, we're going to throttle your bandwidth for throttle some of your resources um, and you know sometimes the site will go down because um, it's it's overloaded because we're in a shared hosting uh, environment at this at the, that stage um, you know not only are we putting uh, he, uh, heavy loads on our, our sites and um, we're having putting heavy loads on uh, everyone else's shared hosting sites as well so the so they, they have the um, ability to um, put a, a bit of a restriction on your sites. Um, so we, you know, we're doing all right so far. Um, the resources that we're using are pretty much normal. Um, but be prepared to um, upgrade your hosting plan to, um, I think it's a virtual personal server or whatever it is, a VPS. 
um, and that can cost quite a bit. It's about $1,000 excluding GST per year. So be aware of that. Cool. So the other thing is um, e when you're doing it, looking for email plans itself, it's pretty easy. Um, it's the easiest component that you can um, look into. Google Suite, Gmail, or in including email plans through your web host as well. Be, um, be aware that uh, because right now you should have an up and running website, okay? If you don't, um, then you need to definitely need to talk to your hosting providers and see what the issue is, okay? Um, you, wherever that uh, your DNS servers are pointed to the right um, to the right domains or right servers, and then yeah, yeah, they'll um, your hosting providers will talk you through that. The other thing is, um, now that you have your website up and running, uh, search engine optimization uh, itself comes into play again. It's with your your page, web page titles, your subjects, and uh, the content that you've got in there. Is your images integrated uh, with the search um, engine optimization algorithm? Is your content um, with your SEO's algorithm? And you know how have you structured your website? When you have the structured right, then you will literally become a bit of a powerhouse on the Google, Bing, or Yahoo search engines themselves. Ensuring that you uh, make sure you have this right as well, um, have the right plugins for your web, uh, WordPress sites as well, and talk to your uh, website developers just to ensure that um, it is structured correctly. However, I can um, I have a more uh, um, I have a, a tutorial based on SEOs as well. If you can check me out on my YouTube channel, uh, you know, then literally we can guide you from there. But if you have more questions, hey, feel free to ask me. Right, SEOs up to scratch. Um, the other thing is the image sizes uh, on your site as well can be a factor. It's a huge factor. Make sure you optimize your images. Also, optimize videos. Um, don't try not to store videos on your website. If you do, compress your videos um, into a smaller size. Um, how to do that? Hey, talk to me, and I'll take you through it. And basically, you no one notices the loss in quality, but the size goes down, but not the length. It's pretty easy as well. Have attractive images, have attractive sliders, and you will literally attract your audience as well. The other thing is security features for your website. Um, people like to spam a lot. They like to spam on your um, blogs, um, spam on pretty much anything with a comment field or on your social media because your website will link to social media if you so wish and it will literally um, attract a lot of spammers there and they like to push their promotional crap, um, which is absolute ass. I can tell you that it's rather annoying. So security features like um, Akismet anti-spam uh, plugins, that sort of thing. It is very important because this affects your search rankings on Google, on Bing, on whatsoever. Because if your site's full of spam, uh, full of malicious content and all that type of crap, then you they will reflag your site and you will not be searchable as well. Images. Um, Yep, make sure your images are actually your own uh, and it's authentic and you've created it as well. Or 
if say you've brought the license to use them um, there is one particular site that has a royalty free um, and you can use as much as you like which is pixabay.com the whole whole bunch of images pictures videos uh, that sort of thing that you can use for free without having to um, pay a fee to the license holder if you get caught using copyright images um, especially Google, then that particular page that the image is on will not become accessible on Google search itself. So you need to be very careful with that. And plus the, um, the image holder himself can lodge a complaint and you can get sued. Uh, so be, be very, very careful indeed. But the same goes for videos as well. If you can ensure that you can um, link or embed your uh, YouTube videos on your site, um, this doesn't uh, create much of a load on your site either. It's very, very good. And hey, make sure you have a sign-up um, link as well. Because having a database is very important for your customers. You need to know their purchasing habits, um, you know, what they want, what they like, that sort of thing, um, and actually interact with them and do a bit of email marketing as well. Now, the best way to do this is also to you know, um, construct your website in a sales funnel type um, structure itself. Uh, I'll talk about um, sales funnels a little bit more in depth, but if you'd like to get a hold of me, fine, I'll, I'll talk you through it as well. Just phone me up and we'll work something out. Um, once you have it structured in the sales funnel technique, then your website will become a bit of a uh, marketing slash uh, e-commerce e-store powerhouse itself it is um, very very effective very cheap to have these websites and there's a lot of considerations that you need i've only covered some of the considerations that you need to uh, need to know about before you have a website um, or while you have a website it's, uh, there's a, a lot more in depth, but I've pretty much covered all the basics anyway. Your domain hosting, web hosting, email hosting, security features, uh, image consideration, video considerations, as well as um, you know structuring your site into a sales funnel um, website structure to enhance uh, buyer purchase and prosperity for your business. Right. Hey, that's it from me, Russell Oliver here from the Small Business Dominance Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Catch you later, have a fantastic one, and fucking own the day. Small Business Dominance Podcast. People don't necessarily want you to succeed. And the bigger that you dream, the more people are going to come out of the woodwork and try to stop you. As Oliver Emberton said, the only way to avoid pissing people off is to do nothing important. But if you're striving for something important, you're going to try to make a real change. If you are, there's something in your life that you are absolutely hell-bent to make happen. You've got to understand that you're going to be fighting against something. People are going to be pushing back against you. And it's going to be your ability to hold true to the vision that's going to determine whether you can pull it off or not. And as Victor Hugo said, you have enemies? Good. That means you stood up for something at some point in your life. And that's what people miss. They want to get to know how they can actually move forward and succeed. It's so important that you're going to, you have to know that you're going to come up against people at some stage in your life. 
They somehow want to get through this unscathed. They somehow want to hope that the green change that they want to make, the people just fall in love with it. They want to know, they want to hope that this green change that they want to make, the people just fall in love. Alright? That's a dream. People are going to get pissed off because that's what they want. They, they want to see your vision. They fall in love with, uh, behind you and they want you to lead them. That's not how the way people work. Having a vision already puts you in an incredibly rare group of people. Remember that. Just remember it. Being able to see something that other people cannot see, that is a role of a true visionary. Being able to see something that no one else can see. It's important. It's literally to interpret the world that other people don't even know it exists, okay? Certain aspects, visions, that sort of thing. And bringing it to fruition and get people excited about it, getting them to fall in line. But understand that you, when you build an army, you are literally going to have an opposing force. As Mark Twain said, keep away from those who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that. They always do. But the really great ones that they make you believe, you know, it's the great ones that make you believe that you too can become great. It's that positive influence on others. And that's the kind of person that you want to surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with the people that believe in you. You want to surround people um, yourself with people that, that love you and that they, you know, when they even when they can't see it, they still believe in you. Even when they don't understand what you're trying to build, they are still behind you. And they are willing to get in line. Just remember that. Willing to get in line, willing to back you, willing to be behind you, willing to you know, help, uh, help you beside you, willing to grow with you. And they are willing to meet that opposing force. And when you're able to galvanize people around your idea, your visions, your dreams, uh, and push it forward and pay it for them. Well, the world is not as it is, but it could be. It really could. And that's when you can make a change. That's when you can start becoming better. Because you can't afford to, you know, to stand around and not do something important. You need to make a change. But you can't be afraid to piss people off. You have to know that they're coming for you. Wherever you're awake, wherever you're asleep, they are coming for you because you have something that they don't. That's a dream. That's, that's something that can come into fruition. You see something that they don't and they want that. And they are coming for you because they want to take it from you. You have to be willing to fight. Because if you're not willing to fight, well, you might as well just sit down and give up. Do nothing. Be the same piece of person that you always were, that you always are, you know. So if you're wanting to become different, if you're wanting to move forward in life, you're wanting to be completely different, um, you have to be one of the few that stands up. You've got to be um, prepared, all right? You have to be prepared for war.
I found this out the hard way. Um, me and my wife, um, literally on our journey to um, becoming business owners, um, being out there and literally being unique. My previous videos uh, on my YouTube channel um, is titled, You Have the Right to Be Unique. You have the right to stand up, be different, um, you know, stand out. Because in the business world, in the entrepreneurial world, if you don't stand up, if you don't fight, if you don't, um, you know, be unique, if you don't stand out above the crowd, then you're basically going to be swallowed up, surrounded in all this noise of indifference. That's the world that we face today because you've got to piss people off in order to get yourself out there. You have to be prepared because, like I said before, you have something that, that the opposing force does not. And that is a true vision. That is true growth. That is a method of growth. The, uh, the ability to become productive, the ability to become one of the few. And that is becoming a dominant force within your very industry, within your chosen field of expertise, wherever you want to be a dancer, an actor, that sort of thing. I'm not just talking about um, small businesses or businesses or being an entrepreneur. You are standing out to be unique. And you are fighting for that podium position. And if you don't fight, then you're basically, you've already lost the war. You've lost your place. you lost the ability to become something more. So when you start up, when you start out in this um, fantastic journey, the one thing that keeps repeatedly, you know, knocking at your door, the advice that keeps yelling at you without making any sound is that you need to be prepared to go to war. Now I know what you're asking, you know, um, what's, what right do you have in actually saying to us that we need to be prepared to go to war? So I'm speaking from experience, um, myself and my wife Natasha Oliver, both entrepreneurs for romanticgestures.co.nz, romanticgetawaysnz.com and also I'm just starting up as a small business consultant as well. Um, in, in our journey, we've joined up with a whole bunch of network people, me meeting lots of positive people because we, um, like all um, entrepreneurs out there, wanting to go out there and surround ourselves with influential people who are positive with a lot of growth. And the fact is, is that we're out there, we're developing our businesses and we're literally starting to encroach on other people's um egos if you will some people are a little bit jealous of our um of our current presence because we have a tip well i, I alone have a typical audience of over three thousand actually five thousand people now and my wife well she, she beats me about six thousand and meeting other um, business owners uh, every week as well um, because she's got that ability to do so and she is out there making um, something for herself just like I am and we met, uh, we went, went into a network of um, people who have certain values and that and literally as soon as um, we introduced ourselves to them um, we basically got invited to become a administration team um, you know, admins for a particular Facebook group as well, which we took up that challenge. 
um, and as soon as we did that, I got um, labelled as ha having an agenda um, because we were admin teams of a particular community group um, that was not business orientated and they had a look at my page and automatically thought, yes, he's got a business agenda. He has, uh, he's going to be pushing um, his business onto us, that sort of stuff. And by doing that, one person literally started to rubbish us and she felt threatened. Um, this is what um, what these people do, these toxic people who rubbish the crap out of you, they feel threatened that their community is going to shift into a change that they just don't understand. However, preempting that um, possibility um, they absolutely rubbished us because we thought that we had an agenda we we're going to push our salesy um, businesses onto them all because we linked a, a business page to the group um, only just to monitor the uh, the group feeds itself and we changed a few aspect, aspects of the rules um, because of our previous experiences um, in managing groups and believe me we have a lot of experience in managing Facebook groups and trying to kick the spam shit out um, but however because um, these toxic people felt threatened because of our um, you know our, because of our presence our skill set and everything else um, we literally um, were in a very toxic environment so this is what I have to say you're going to rub people up the wrong way so you need to even, even if it's not your fault you know you rub them up the wrong way and you'll end up bumping into a lot of toxicity, a toxic environment, and you have to learn how to deal with that. You have to be prepared to fight, okay? You have to be prepared to go to war uh, in regards to that aspect. And also, this com comes out of uh, networking groups. This can come into business arrangements and that too. Um, if your competition feels threatened or if your business um, partners go south, that sort of thing, you need to be prepared to go to war in order to get on top of that podium. Okay, that's enough for me, Russell Oliver here, uh, Small Business Dominance Podcast. Um, stay tuned, stay informed and get inspired.